0: On every front, uh, the first word of advice I'd give is when you're, when you're really finding something you're passionate about, I mean, you just, you are in the trenches. And when I mean in the trenches, I'll give you one example of, I visited 3,123 facilities in a three and a half year period. That's the kind of dedication. So on that front, I'll, I'll leave it with that, where you have to be so in the game and understanding your market.
1: This is Pete Moore. We are here at Halo Talks in New York City. I am excited. More than excited, actually. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. I got to get a bigger vocabulary. But if I had an emoji, you'd know how excited I'd be. Like tears. So I'm here with Mike, and I'm here with Sean from NF Sports. Sean and I have known each other for probably about four years now. Yes, We're so going to we talk have. about some uh, business things that we've done together. We're going to talk about a couple of... Uh, personal things that we've done together. Some of them, you know, cause some issues in local communities such as Boca Raton, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> later Mike, I wanted to uh, welcome you to the Halo Thank sector. You. Thank you. Uh, You've got a great background uh, with Reebok and CrossFit, and I just wanted our listeners here on Halo Talks to understand your background, Sean's background, you guys, what you guys are going to be doing with NF Sports, and for people that want to enter the space to think about, you know, maybe I'm like Mike 20 years ago. Maybe yeah. I'm like Sean last week. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll go from there. So Mike, kick it off, my Boston boy.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, so Mike Cretachal, I, I am originally from the Boston area. Uh, grew up in Walpole, Massachusetts, small suburb outside of uh, Boston, like 20 minutes south. Um Always been a big sports advocate, played sports throughout high school. Are you a Patriots fan by choice? Of course, I'm a Patriots excellent fan. Excellent. Who isn't? Imagine, an an accent. Imagine <laughs> It <better>. wasn't. <laughs> Gosh. It's amazing, right? So, Tom Brady is like the definition of like every childhood dream, right? Exactly. Not just, hey, I'm, I'm going to be a, a Super Bowl MVP quarterback, I'm going to marry a cheerleader, right? Well, he brings it to the next level, right? It's, next level. I'm going to be a five time Super Bowl champion, MVP, and I'm going to marry the hottest Super Bowl in the world. So, Good um, for Tom good for Tom. Let's yeah. like turn it good into the Howard <laughs> yeah, show, yeah, which exactly. I really didn't want it to. Yeah, well, exactly. Hey, you, know, really yeah, yeah, you opened the door. You I the door. Spoon you open the door. Oh, you opened the door. I'm going to close it now. Yeah. That would be Sean. Here we go. That was me, nice guys. Sean. So, um yeah, so long story, big sports advocate, always been in the, uh, the world of fitness sport. Uh My career, mostly uh, started my career as an engineer, a uh, mechanical engineer, started in the neurosurgical space, actually. was designing Medical devices to treat brain tumors. That's, that's where, how I started. you living in Boston? Uh, I time? was in the Boston area. Yes, yeah, so I went to grad school at Tufts University, got okay. my master's in mechanical there, and was in the medical space for a good eight to ten years. Uh, startup companies, um, like I said, designing medical devices. It was a pretty cool industry. But was always a sport fitness guy. Decided I wanted to move out of the medical field and into the sports space, and lo and behold, got a good opportunity at Reebok about 20 years ago. Started there. And then just move myself up uh, the career in the last six years, I've uh, man- I managed the partnership with CrossFit. So I was one of the key players who signed the partnership with CrossFit, executed all elements of it, uh, from the sponsorship for the games to athlete endorsements to gym relationships to, um, you know, footwear, apparel, accessories. as I managed that entire business until I left uh, last July.
1: And um, mm-hmm. uh, that's great. I didn't know about the mechanical yeah.
2: engineering background,
1: so... It's good to have a mechanical engineer in the HALO sector. Yes. So welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank I'll make sure we put that on your <laughs> yeah. checklist, which yeah, exactly. we didn't have before. Were you, you, were you prior to this a mechanical engineer? I didn't know. <laughs> you I didn't imagine know. that? No, but I worked at Reebok. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah, good. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so talk, talk to us about, you're at Reebok, okay? Obviously, the brand used to be you know the biggest brand, I think, you know next to Nike, and then kind of was associated more with like step aerobics and kind of yeah. became like the... Uh, the shoe with not much pizzazz and then you go in there and you're like hey let's do you know a big partnership with CrossFit you know how does CrossFit take that meeting and say well I know what you want to be but this is who I am yeah so yeah. how do you think about like the brand association and, and maybe you might have been in a weaker position quite frankly with Reebok than the CrossFit guys with their position
2: I think we were in uh mutually weak positions meaning we needed each other right so oh. You know, if you look at our brand in the in the '80s, right, we were part and parcel to the fitness movement, right? We we basically created the aerobics movement, and with that created product around it, and our brand really exploded. And like you said, we were the hot brand. At one point in time, we had a greater market share than Nike. This is late '80s, this and globally. Uh, But we did kind of lose our way. Uh, We started to get into sports sponsorships, the NFL, the NBA, and those were good business opportunities transactionally, but we weren't really building a brand. We were building the NBA brand or the NFL brand, not our brand. And then we ended up becoming this kind of white footwear shoe covering that you could find in JCPenney's, Kohl's, Macy's, like not really aspirational brand. And that's when our CEO, uh, Matt O'Toole at the time, uh, looked for how do we reinvent this brand right and he
1: where were you at Reebok at then? the time I was actually what was your title?
2: I was the head of senior director of our basketball business so I managed oh, wow. our entire global basketball business at that time and Matt came to me and another gentleman on team Chad Whitman and said hey we 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 want to figure out a way to reinvent our brand so start pretty like it bet,
1: almost like a bet the company yeah, type of like yeah type study, of thing war type exactly of day, right? war
2: room type stuff so we we were, did everything from Hey, do we bring back aerobics to do we create our probably own? Probably a good idea. Not, yeah, so probably. probably not. Really yeah. That yeah, we had a big whiteboard and we checked that one off, right? Pretty quickly. Mechanical engineer says, no aerobics. <laughs> no aerobics. <laughs> no aerobic. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Didn't yeah. know that was coming. Yeah, so exactly. Exists. <laughs> so smart. smart. Um, yeah, so we, we, we looked at, we were, do we create our own fitness modality, right? So we knew that we wanted to create something unique. Uh, All the things we put on the board. So you sit in a war room, you write on, what do do we want to represent? What do we want to be a part of? And everything led to functional fitness, community, um, engagement, camaraderie, all those things, right? And as we went through that process, we started to research what's out there, right? P90X and Beachbody and all these different functional fitness movements. And we found CrossFit, and uh, we started to do CrossFit ourselves internally and just kind of felt in love with the modality of fitness, functional fitness, but more of the community camaraderie aspect. And we, uh, Chad went out to the CrossFit Games in 2010. Um,
1: did they have a, a sponsor at the time? No, uh, they, they had, the had some really ESPN some interesting
2: sponsorships, really not much. They had nothing with ESPN at the time, okay. no major brands. Um. Actually, the first CrossFit Games, the winner, I think, won a hundred and fifty dollar gift certificate to Panda Express. That was that was the award wow. for winning the first CrossFit Games, yeah. and it was on a ranch. Yeah, you know, something to shoot. For. <laughs> exactly right. Panda Express like, is great. All <laughs> you can eat. Homer all Simpson you can style. <laughs> Does it look like he had all he
1: could eat? <laughs> if anyone remembers that episode, it was <laughs> <Yeah>. epic. That's <laughs> epic, <laughs> epic. 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 So epic. Bring it
2: back. Bring, bring back. it back. We good I'm the bring it back guy here. Uh, so, uh, so. Um, so we, we basically started, uh, you know, conversations with, with CrossFit, uh, co- brought Coach Glassman and, and a number of other key, you know, stakeholders at CrossFit at the time over to our facility and, and just started to strike up a conversation about what could we do for each other, right? And, and at the end of the day, we aligned to, hey, you give us an authentic fitness movement and community, and we give you a global scale. It okay. was as simple as that. Right, they you you know CrossFit was very was growing in the U.S. in English-speaking countries, but outside of that, really didn't have much presence. At, and we had offices, businesses, marketing agencies around the world, so it was a really good fit. On the surface, didn't seem like a good fit, but it, w- it truly was when we aligned to it.
1: So, so two questions, and then I want to uh, pull Sean in here from a, uh, on the on the NF side and our our relationship. But yeah. Mike, when you think about Reebok as a brand, as an apparel company. So I'm going to do a deal with CrossFit, and you know that it's, you know, not aerobics where, you know, maybe some woman, you know, twists her ankle. You know, did did, did you take into account anything like, hey, we're maybe going on the hardcore side of the fitness oh, industry? Oh, absolutely. And did you say, like, hey, maybe this is, like, extreme to the point where, I don't know, does, does that mean Reebok's too extreme for certain? Like, if I'm serving the masses, not the classes, and in the fitness industry, I'd be like... Okay, you you want to be you want to put uh, Reebok shoes on everybody that goes to Equinox, New York Sports Clubs, and Crunch. Now you're saying, okay, I want to align with the guy who's like the hardest of the hard. You know, did, how do you have that? Of course, that, that yeah, conversation of course. Up? I mean,
2: internally, those are huge debates, right? Is this too extreme for us? Is it is it too polarizing, right? But we you know step back to where we started from a point where our brand was really not strong. It was not cool anymore. We really didn't have an identity. To, to try to live in the sea of sameness didn't really work for us, right? So we had to be bold. We had to be unique. And we had to do something we quite frankly believed in. And, and you know, a core team of, of, of folks that manage this business truly believed in CrossFit, the methodology, the community, everything around it. So we, we drank the Kool-Aid and we believed in it and it really made it easier for us to run that business and manage that business. So was this some healthy debate? Absolutely. Within the team, there wasn't. Within the company, yes. Um, in a broader scale... There was a big debate. Like, you know, my first meeting, global meeting, we brought in 700 marketers from around the world and having this conversation that, hey, we're launching this program with with CrossFit to markets like Japan and Korea. And, you know, some parts of Europe are like, CrossFit? What are you, crazy? Like (laughs) women in in Japan don't sweat when they work out. So how are you going to position CrossFit there? So those were the real conversations, but we believed in it and stuck to it.
1: Yeah, I think the interesting part of it and and we you know do this often here, when I'm when we're looking at deals, you know, you gotta fall in love with the, the, the workout, you gotta fall in love with the technology or mm. you know with higher dose, like you gotta take it in for its own. If you like it and you're thinking about that you wanna go back in a couple of days, maybe that's worthy of investment. Agreed. If you do yeah. CrossFit and you'd be like, this isn't for me, it's hard for you to sit around a room at Reebok and pound the table to be doing CrossFit when you're like, ah, it's not for yeah, me. Exactly. You know, so yeah. it's interesting in this industry how your personal passion and commitment almost like validates what the business does, yeah. which is in no other market do you really have. Like, yeah. if you're in plumbing supplies, be like, yeah, it really this this pump really works well in my <laughs> my you know dishwasher. Like, it's like okay. So, Sean and I met, and now Sean works with, with with Mike. And Sean and I met uh, when he was running CMC. Civilian yep, military right. combine, which is kind of like an offshoot of, of CrossFit. And uh, ladders, yeah. you, were, you were on the ground, man. You were the, you were the guy, operations, the brand ambassador, Mr. Passion. So, so to give me the background. So you're originally from?
0: So Sean Rogers, originally from uh, Merrick, Long Island. Merrick. Oh, boy. Middle, middle, middle class Merrick, blue collar town all the way, tough and rough. Blue collar-ish. Ish. Ish. Uh, From there, I pushed into Albany, um, graduated there, pushed into corporate finance, um, and then from there, uh, really into the entrepreneurial world of the food and restaurant business. Uh, But fitness uh, through high school, through college was like the biggest thing in my life. Training, working out, um, and everything encompassing it. Uh, And then this incredible race came out called the Tough Mudder and the Spart race. And here are uh, seven guys that graduated college that were some were collegiate athletes, some were not, but all incredible athletes. One military guy, and we prepared for the Tough Mudder like it was the last race on Earth. How many? How many weeks in, in advance? We train, and that's how I got this into was it. Po- this. Was post Albany, or why you're this, this is post Albany? This is post Albany. Yep, this okay. is 2010. I'm 37. <clears throat> getting, getting up there now. Uh, and long story short, uh, don't look at day over 36. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, I was introduced through a friend to Sarah Shoal who was a old-time, uh, now in the CrossFit game, but was a regional competitor for years. And I, we were traveling an hour and 30 minutes up to New Haven, Connecticut, from New York City, to actually train three days a week with Shara wow. to prepare for the Tough month. Wow. We took it so seriously. We had a Marine and the team. Make a long story short, we get there, and we saw this incredible new fad. But it was still, whether it was a fad or not, and the business is still doing fantastic, was that it was... Bring the masses to one location to do something in the, in the fitness world. And we were so inspired. So my best, Kyle, my best friend, Matt Keller, and roommate uh, in college in Albany, um, we stepped back, he was working at a hedge fund. Uh, I was at a company called TradeWeb. And we stepped back and said, well listen, we could scale this in a different way. You know, Tough Mudder is really just for runners and it's, a, it's, there's no, it's, it's not gamified, there's no um, timing in this. So make a long story short, we came up with an idea of how do we do this around something we're passionate about? And it was the military. Um, and how do we pay homage to the military through a race, not just by your checkbook and donating a p- portion of the race ticket, but through your hard work? Came up with this concept, the, the name, civilian, we were civilians, you know, we, we didn't serve, so okay, but we want to serve the military, and then we want to combine, at the time, this functional fitness and running. So, we so were, it was
1: actually for, for combined be, between civilian and military, or was it, were you
0: trying to do like an NFL combine? It was the amazing question. It was both. It was combining civilians and military on, on the actual camaraderie front, but on the second part was combining functional fitness um, with running. Um, gotcha. And that was the concept of the CMC. And it was a
1: pretty long race, if I remember. Yeah. Correct? It was, so it, it wasn't like, you know, running around city Field for no. an hour. I mean, <laughs> this
0: was like you, you're running ski slopes and you're...
1: Yeah. So, and,
0: and dovetailing off Mike and what he created with Reebok was, and this is why Mike is such an alliance now, was... We really became, at the third year, the second largest functional fitness competition next to the CrossFit Games, not that I'm comparing myself to the Games on ESPN, but uh, we would have you know five to seven races a year with between you know, three and 5,000 people, and it did speak, and that was a very big dilemma for us, was how to change the model to speak to the masses because it was more the hardcore elite. It was a functional pit, so every athlete would t- touch base in a pit, do a lifting routine first, then break, and then hit the course, which were mountain, beaches, urban environments, that were seven miles long, designed by the military. So it was right. a very unique brand for, for itself. Yeah.
1: So the civilians didn't really lay out the, the, the route. No, no, it, it. it was with the <laughs> military. And then they like to fill it when maybe they were trying to say, look, this we do before breakfast like exactly. that commercial actually true <laughs> exactly so true. try this course buddy yeah, yeah so
0: i mean of course there was some civilian touches in it in organization and, and the, the laying out of the course itself but then we had our military li- liaisons help us do it and it just became a beautiful race so you know on, on the site uh
1: we're going to talk more about your background and, and uh, cmc and how that went but you know, obviously, you, you, had, you, you had two of your best buddies that you ran a company with. Yeah. Obviously, you brought in some capital, yep. which kind of got you through and, and, you know, hit a couple of milestones. Yep. And then at some point you said, hey, look, you know, we got to go do different things and for different reasons. Yep. Um, but you know, maybe tell our audience, like, look, what you learned during that CMC process is invaluable yeah, from cool. your experience and, and what you're doing today. Like I use this term a lot that experience what you get when you don't get what you want. Yeah. And once you learn that, then you actually become well really said. good at assessing situations or saying, "Look, we tried this, even though you think it's a good idea. Let me tell you what the problems are." So what like give me like two or three give our listeners, two or three, you know, words of wisdom on, uh, "Hey wow. man, this is what, you know, I learned operationally this or like you can do this but you can't do that or I can outsource this but I can't that or
0: No, that's fantastic. On on every front, uh, the first word of advice I'd give is when you're when you're really finding something you're passionate about. I mean, you just you are in the trenches. And when I mean in the trenches, I'll give you one example of I visited 3,123 facilities in a three and a half year period. That's the kind of dedication. So on that front, I'll, I'll leave it with that. Where you have to be so in the game and understanding your market. You go
1: just to, to explain. Yeah, you please. were going to all these studios in order to get people
0: to, to run, to the, run race. the race, yeah. and to train for them, to the educate, race. basically to educate them. So I would literally would host sometimes five classes a day. I would call the the studios, CrossFit boxes um, beforehand, and I would do road shows. I take my ninety two pound pit bull that you know so well, Service Dog Blind, yep. Br- Brutus, <laughs> Brutus indeed, and we would hit. I mean, we'd hit the road for, for weeks on end. Um, but away from that, uh, learning, we were in an amazing cr- uh, crutch in the market where technology is built around social media. Um, so the biggest thing that I think I really, truly took away from it was we were creating this influencer model that is everyone is now speaking about. Back then, it was like the Lululemon ambassador model, right? So we'd find people that were popular in so many words, that in their niche, within their vertical of fitness, and we would befriend them and make them a part of our family um, and, and show them what this race meant so they can then preach it. In their communities which then build a community
1: so you're doing grassroots grassroots marketing. 101 and look i mean if you got enough time yeah and you got enough runway i mean that's kind of how crossfit grew right mm, but but you exactly. got, it sounds like you got to be really patient you got to have patient capital yes. and you got to be able to run events yep where a lot of people show up because the next event isn't for six or eight weeks exactly. so it's like you gotta sometimes longer. it's like a project-based yeah you know recurring non-recurring yeah. revenue business yeah um And then the last thing is, you know, just from a standpoint of of starting a company with your friends, you know, obviously there's a lot of listeners on the Halo Uh, Talks that are thinking about starting a, I'm going to be the founder, I'm going to be the co-founder, I'm going to be the trio, you know, triumvirate, you know, I'm going to be the cavalry and here's like seven guys and how how do you think about that? uh, And obviously it was a great experience with, you know, Maddie and, and, and Keith, but, you know, obviously when you get into the ditch... You know, it's hard to, to say, all right, we're all, we're all still in this forever. I,
0: I, I, will be, I could speak two hours on this, and that's probably the best question. Uh, this, this, the, so listeners, listen up. Choose your partners so wisely. I mean, I can't tell you how fortunate I am that, I mean, and I cannot tell you that how many times we went to blows. I mean, it was almost, you know, fistfights in the office between brothers, but in the end, we were so close and knew that. That uh, and we never did fight, Maddie Keith. Love you, boys. But I mean, you you when you're in the trenches and things are bad, you have to have people that you know. No matter what, their strengths are different than yours. So the most important thing: pick your partners and know the vertical they sit in. If someone is strong in digital marketing, let them be strong, but learn from them. If you're amazing at grassroots, you lead that, but make sure that those other partners, excuse me, know what you're doing. So it's communication and staying in your verticals, but knowing how to wear many hats.
1: Got it. That's well, great, great, great yeah, advice. Well said. So here we are today. Let's fast forward. Uh, so Mike, you, you took this position as the uh, the head of NF Sports. Obviously, you got a, a great um, uh, supplement line, and now uh, Sean's running uh, sales and influencer uh, ambassador program. So that's going to be part of the Halo uh, sector and the rollout of everything we do on the Halo Talks. But why don't you give our listeners just a, a couple of minutes on what your vision is, why the product's better, you know, how you see it, it really affecting change. For people's lives yeah. and, and what your strategy is long-term.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you look at the the sports supplement space, it's a very crowded market, right? So, and I look at it in the spectrum of, you know, the jacked-and-pump world, right, where it started, bodybuilding, fitness models, and it's, you know, highly effective product but highly chemicalized, right? So you're getting an effect. You're getting building muscle. You're getting bigger. You're getting stronger. But you don't know what else you're putting in your body, right? So that, But that industry, that community understood that, right? And they were just trying to get bigger – faster, stronger, look better. Then there's a new movement towards cleaner, all-natural uh, ways to fuel your body and supplement your body, com- you know, in addition to how you eat and how you, you know, work out. So our product is um, really fits a broad niche. I hate to say it that way, but it's not so much a niche, but it's a broad niche, is that we set out to create a line of products that a truly effective, meaning they are they have all the same, if not better, ingredients that a true sports supplement have. And the science behind it, why you, what, well, how creatine works, how beta-alanine works, how weight protein, how pre-workout, the products we use, the ingredients we use. There's science behind it, but we decided to provide that product and deliver it to the product to to the consumer. In a way that's very clean, meaning we don't add any artificial colors, sweeteners, preservatives, any unnecessary chemicals where most brands, if not the majority of brands do that now. So they take a great ingredient that works, but then they load it up to make it taste better or shelf life better with artificial ingredients, colors and sweeteners. We've set out to create a product that's clean and effective. But most importantly, it's just as important. It tastes great, too, which is hard to do when you do it in an all-natural format. So we set out to create a complete line of all-natural sports supplements that work, um, and they do, right? So our vision of this brand is, is long-term. We, we know that for us to be a sustainable brand, um, it's not the great product is not enough, right? We want to be um, educators. We want to be influencers. We want to teach people why they should be taking supplements. Why should they focus on nutrition? Why should they focus on exercise? So we're developing ourselves into a content and education company that sells supplements, right? So there's a fine line there. And uh, the hope there, and our goal is, and I I know we're going to achieve this, is is that we want to create awareness of the value of nutrition and fitness and exercise and supplementation. And how you factor it into your active lifestyle, uh, in, in a way that is credible and authentic, via the education we put out there, the people we align ourselves with, the people we bring onto our team, the influences we work with, the athletes we work with. So we want to be a brand that educates and informs and enlightens consumers of the benefits of supplements and ultimately the bio product.
1: That's great. Well, <clears throat> it's refreshing because you, know, you get emails all the time, and you think that you know it's the next best product, and then you get an email from mind body green or some other yeah. email and say eat avocados and eat take this protein and take this supplement and mm. it's I'm, even for me in the space it's it's confusing and I, I basically just want to go to one place that's going to say look this stuff's all clean this is what it costs I'm not going to price shopping it I'm just going to say I trust that what you put in that bottle is going to work and, I, and and the guys behind it are actually care Yeah. and so I, that's why I'm excited you guys are part of the halo sector that you're part of the first halo talks i hope to be working together yeah, with you guys yeah, uh, in the great. future absolutely sean uh our relationship related to your uh service dog is <laughs> we've gotten past that because that was like 10 days ago 10 days um and the moral of the story is if you have a service dog and it's like 90 pounds and half pit bull you should probably advise the person that you're bringing you're staying at their apartment that you got that, that's not really a service dog i'm thinking like some woman from merrick Who's maybe in her 30s, who got a service Stop dog, bird. and maybe it's a poodle, and makes her happy, and not emotionally distressed, so she brings on a plane <laughs> in a freaking gym bag, and
0: you show up with a, you know, 90 pound pit bull, and that just doesn't work in Boca, bro. And I think that's the the big part is it doesn't work in Boca, people. Not Boca. Maybe Boker. Brooklyn. Maybe some other place in the Midwest. Not vocal. But if you want some really, really, really clean
1: whey protein, go down to Miami and go to my boys at NF Sports. Here we go, baby.
2: Here we go, baby. Go, socks. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you.